evening. It is Friday, May 31st, 7.37 p.m. I'm Rachel. And I'm Lisa. And you're listening to News and Brews. Welcome. So we had to take last week off because Lisa was sick. I was. It was awful. What did you have? I don't know. I I had a, a fever and I was sick like really sick for about five or six days like it didn't let up until about the sixth day like from tuesday to sunday sunday i started feeling a little bit better but it wasn't till like tuesday i was actually felt 100 percent. it was horrible it Ooh. was like uh, my throat and my glands my tonsils Your hurt glands. really bad you know the yeah, glands yeah, my yeah, neck. yeah yeah and um it's just such an achy word <laughs> body aches and um like a lot of hot and cold sweats and um mm. Just no energy. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't go anywhere for a few days. I didn't even leave my room. I mean, besides go to the bathroom, but I just was knocked out. I don't know. Some sort of virus, I guess. Did and you ever go to the doctor? No. I just took Advil, you know, for the aches and then Mucinex because um, I got a bunch of fluid in my chest. Mm. And so to loosen that because I get bronchitis easy. So I'm mm. sure you don't want to know that. But well, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm glad you're on the mend. Yeah, me too. And I would have came, but my voice was, like, gone. It was really bad. It's still not 100%, but I didn't want to get you sick because you did not want to have this. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) I felt bad. I was like, oh, Dixon and Rachel. I don't want to get sick either. No, no one wants this. It's been passed around my whole family, and it's really sad. Yeah, I know. Sorry. It's okay. Well, I'm glad you're on the mend. Me too. How about you? How was your week? My week was... um, I feel like a lot happened. It's yeah. holiday weekend, so... Did you do anything for Memorial Day? Not really. Fish and I were at uh, fifth grade camp last... Overnight? Yeah, last Thursday, Friday. Um, and so we came home Friday evening, and then the big kids were both gone with friends all weekend. Oh, that's so, right. Donovan's driving now, huh? Yeah. And How has that been? It's been okay. I've had to, I, I've had, you know, I give him some gas money if it's like, That's I nice need to, you. I need him to pick up the other kids for oh, me. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's, it's been interesting. It's been okay. He's been pretty responsible so far. Has he come home from his curfew on time? Uh, yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm surprised. Um, well, I mean, he's like one weekend. I know. <laughs> so I know. We'll I mean, he's a good kid, but he it'd is. be hard to be tempted not to come yeah. home late. Yeah. Um... I feel like that big puffy thing on your microphone is what is making you feel sound far away. I said, do you want me to take it off? Are you I know. No. Okay, hold on. Let's take it off. Okay, how's this? That sounds better. Better? Now I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. I was going to put that on my nose. <laughs> <laughs> there goes my joke. <laughs> uh, instead of the red nose, you're yeah. the black nose. You're like an evil cloud. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Sweet. it? Oh, I hate hate clowns yeah. so much. I always have. My mom said when I would see a clown as a kid, I would just scream. Really? Yeah. I'm not like afraid of an clowns. an image of a clown. Really? Anything. Like a happy yeah. clown? Uh-huh. Like Ronald McDonald? Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. Now, that doesn't scare me if they're happy clowns, but scary clowns like it, that's creepy as hell. I don't like any clowns. Yeah. I don't blame you. Um, oh, it's so my weekend. So, uh, and then we just kind of stuck around the house and did yard work Woo. that's it uh, did you watch anything fun no 
Mm-mm. I tried to watch the movie you recommended last time we did our podcast called Wine Country, and well, I got about no, an no, hour no. in, and I just couldn't anymore. You're misquoting me, and this is one of the episodes we couldn't air because Lisa's voice sounded like underwater whale. Under no, remember I didn't recommend it. You said if you have nothing else to watch and you want something that doesn't stimulate your brain. Yeah. Something like that. And I said it was very, like, the characters were very one-dimensional. Like, there's the okay. funny lesbian. There's the workaholic. She was funny. She's so With funny. the Santa Claus napkin oh my and God. out presents. Yeah. She I was, laughed really hard She was the one character that I really enjoyed in that movie. Me too. But She's what kind of yeah. kept me to the hour. Like, oh, don't you know? Yeah. <laughs> But, like, and they're all really good actors yeah, and very just, funny, but I felt like there was bad acting going on. I felt like it was just poorly written. It was very, very. cliche. The characters were really one-dimensional, and it just didn't make sense. But there were certain parts where I did laugh out loud, like with the funny lesbian or when they're in the art. Did you get to the part where in the art gallery and the the young waitress that the character has a crush on, it's yeah. her artwork? No, And I she's like... And they're like, all of her artwork is Fran Drescher. Remember the nanny? Yeah. It was all Fran Drescher. And really? like the girl was like, this is the, the, the nanny, Fran Drescher, <laughs> and how she's a signal of women's oppression. And and Maya Angelou's, and everyone's like, oh, like they're all hipsters with like suspenders yes. and like high waisted jeans yes. and stuff. And Maya Angelou's character is like, I'm sorry, I have a question. I have children. What do I need to do to keep them from being assholes like you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to that. So I did laugh out loud at that, and I thought the lesbian she was she was a funny lesbian, but definitely <clears throat> it's just I, so don't say I recommended it. Well, you suggested it. I suggested it if you want to just like yeah. watch something brainless. Yeah, yeah. Right. I was, was dis- I was disappointed in it. They could have made it so much better. Because there's so many great women in it and really smart women, and I just felt like the movie was dumb. Yeah, I think if they would have let the characters do more improv and ad-libbing, it mm. would have been funny, but it felt mm-hmm. like it was straight to a script. Keep yeah. it to a script. And it's like, the script is, you're the type A control freak. You can't do anything else but be a type A control yeah. freak. <laughs> She's like, 20 minutes, unpack your luggage. <laughs> that was funny. That, yeah. <laughs> I uh, hope you like this place. Yeah, I just, yeah. So we're not recommending it, no. but if you want some background noise, then watch yeah, Biden Country. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, and then it was just a really busy week because anytime there's a holiday on a Monday, mm-hmm. it just throws my week off. And it was a payroll week, so it was Ooh. like I was just super busy on Tuesday trying to get payroll done. And, um, and then Audrey had her last track meet Thank on Tuesday. God. Yeah. How'd she do? Was she getting better? She did okay. It was re- it was districts, so it was like the finals, and not everybody on the team made districts, so that's that was good. She oh. made districts for long jump. Wow. And for relay. Wow. She didn't end up placing in any of those, but um, not all the her. kids got to participate, so that was cool. Because she just started, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so that's been my my week. My mom week. <laughs> yeah, it's all about your family. And right now I am recovering from a long afternoon of I went to therapy with my mom. Um, that should be a movie title right there. <laughs> therapy with my mom. I went to Costco. Yikes. So a lot of anxiety. Um I'm drinking 
the a tall boy <laughs> tall boy of rainier beer right vitamin now. r for those of you who don't know rainier is native to washington yes it is and it is it is basically like the coors coors of washington coors of washington it's featured in all the Twilight movies. Oh, is it? Yeah, Bella's dad always calls it Vitamin <gasps> R. Oh, Vitamin R. And That's the, actually... the Indian in the wheelchair always has like a 12 pack. Vitamin pack-ins. R, yeah. yeah. So, but Rainier, I mean, that's a classic. There's a classic brewery right off of I-5 that they've turned into like condos and office buildings and stuff. But Rainier, tall boy in my hand right now because it was a long, hot afternoon of therapy. And I got so sweaty in Costco because like... <laughs> Was it hot in there? No, but you know I'm on my anxiety yeah. medication. Yeah. It makes me break out and sweat yes, with the I know slightest that thing. I know. Well, I go to the checkout because I had to redo um, our business account, um, take the old business partner and stuff off, and so I go to checkout oh. and like my card won't scan, and they're like, "There's a hold on your account." And your something. Costco card? Yeah, like they it wouldn't let me check things out because there's like they're like there's a hold on your account and Why? there's a problem i don't i didn't know so then i'm like freaking out so they're like well we'll just process your stuff and then you need to go to customer service so i get to customer service and i'm like i don't know what's going on i just like renewed my account just paid for my renewal like took some old business people off of it and like changed the address and stuff and they're like oh well you have a hold on your account because we owe you $504 in rebates. And we what? wanted to make sure that you came and got it before you purchased your head. Are like, you serious? Like, $500 in rebates? Are those coupons or like money no, back? No, we have a business account, okay. right? And so you get like 2% back of everything you spend. For a year? For a year. And wow. because it's like all office supplies and then we also buy all of our groceries and our right. gas and stuff. So wow. it just adds up. 500 bucks, 2% of what you spend? Last year. Damn, yeah. that's a lot of money. Yeah, at Costco. Well, you know how much Fisher eats. Yeah, I know. I know. $500 a month just in Cheerios. <laughs> a day. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I was like all like dripping and sweat and freaking out because I'm like, what is wrong with my account? Someone messed with it. And and they're like, it ended up being really good news. But then the guy, like the lady was helping me and the guy behind me was like, or in front of me behind the desk was like, are you okay? Did you just come out from outside? And I was like, no, Aww. I'm on anxiety medication. It makes me sweaty when I'm the slightest bit stressed out. And he was like, you actually said yeah. that? Because I was like so on edge because I still didn't know what was, why I was yeah. there. Yeah. And he was like, here's a cold bottle of water and a paper towel. Are you serious? Okay, thank you. I know, but But that was nice of him. It was nice of him. So I'm like, but you don't like attention on you. No, and I was like pressing the cold water against my sweaty chest and like mopping my brow. And then the lady behind the desk was like, "I'm really glad you said something because I am anxiety too." And I never talk about it. Nobody ever talks about it. Aww. And I was like, yeah, I talk about it all the time because that's, Aww. like, my entire life. That's and I, really cool. And then I was like, I just came from therapy with my mom. And she's <laughs> like, oh, no, why are you stressed out? <laughs> yeah. Seriously, we could yeah. write a movie script that would be oh really gosh. good. Okay. so that Therapy was, with our moms. It could that, be about both of us. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is why I have a Rainier Vitamin R tall Vitamin boy. R. Vitamin R in my hand. Yeehaw. Yeah. And she drives a Ford. <laughs> I do. Note. And it really does, as far as news and brews, it does just taste like... Piss? It just tastes like a light Bad beer. Bad beer. 
bad beer, but Gross. it's camping beer. Yeah, is what it is. Definitely yeah. is camping beer. Yeah. So if Ooh. you're going camping and you need to get drunk fast. Yes. <laughs> Every time I see those tall boys, especially Rainiers, because the the gold, I just think the of a gold. guy with a mustache. Oh, automatically. Yeah. He's has a mustache and a flannel shirt, but Definitely the sleeves flannel. are cut off. Yes. Yeah. And like a dirty old some sort of baseball hat or trucker yeah. hat. Yeah, his hat has like a sweat yeah. ring. Yeah, and he has like five days of five o'clock shadow. And there's <laughs> like black under his fingernails. Like yeah. he's a mechanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or or it's somebody with a mustache, ironic mustache, and a hipster, a hipster drinking Yuck. the Rainier beer They're ironically. Yeah, I think a Dave when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dave is, I don't think he would drink Rainier beer. Maybe he does, but I When I've he's never, camping, I think you would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hipster beer or a trucker beer. A ghetto beer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on from the Rainier. Okay. What is our other brew that we have going on tonight, Lisa? Um, our other brew is a non-alcoholic root beer made with cane sugar by Boyland Bottling Company, established in 1891. Boyland? Yes. Where is it out of? New York. New York, New York. New Unique York, New, New York. York. Um, <laughs> it looks pretty good. New New, I can't say that. Unique New York. <laughs> New York. New York. Unique New York. Unique. 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 Your ends are tripping Unique you up. Unique New, New York. York. You got Unique it. Unique New York. Good That's job. That's not right. Um, will you open this though out of? Um, yes. New York, New York. Okay. Boyland Bottling Company. Eighteen ninety one. So when they say eighteen ninety one, how like some of these companies. How? I think they lie. Yeah. They like these new hipster ideas. Like, part of me feels like maybe Boyland's grandpa had, like, a soda fountain or great-grandpa had a soda fountain named Boyland's, and then somebody else made the root beer, like, in 1975. And Yeah. I like, think it's a big lie. Has it really been a root beer since 1891? Are we opening both? Well, Yeah. Because I didn't bring glasses in. How about I just pour some in here? Pour some sugar on me? Pour some sugar on me. In the, is it in the name of love? Mm-hmm. Is that what, in the name of love. Oh, also, we want to let you know that um, uh, News and Brews has a new sponsor. I didn't know if you know this. No, I we didn't. T- a new sponsor. We're brought to you by... Mom jeans. Mom jeans. Mom jeans. When you need the extra high waist pleat and room for white socks on the lower half of your shin, mom jeans. Like those white scrunchy socks. Do you remember yes. those white scrunchy socks? Oh, Brought to you by white tennies with mom jeans. <laughs> Brought to you by Keds. <laughs> yes. Every mom's dream. Okay. We're going to try this. It's really good. It's really sweet. Oh, wow. It is sweet. Okay. It's good, though. What do you think? Yeah, I can definitely taste the... Cane sugar? No. <laughs> the Like the root beer. Because, you uh-huh. know, root beer, isn't it... Doesn't it come from, like, a root? <laughs> like no licorice way. root. No doesn't it, way. Doesn't it come from licorice root? I have no idea. <laughs> 
Well, I have no idea. You know, like um, A and W, it tastes a lot like just vanilla. Yes. This one, it tastes deeper, like yes. a, a deeper flavor. I do yes. like the bottle too. It looks it looks like, like a, a beer. It's a brown bottle. You know what I hate is hmm. cream soda. Ah. Oh. I hate cream soda. It's the grossest thing the in the world. What is the point of cream soda? There's I, no cream in it. I know. I think that they think what it's like a, it? a brother or sister to root beer. But what if you is like the root flavor? Beer and you like cream soda? Exactly. What is that flavor? It's gross. I can't stand it. I don't Ooh. understand the point of cream soda. No. It's gross. I agree. And who thought to name it cream soda? <laughs> like, what in the world? Yeah. It sounds like a, one of those nightmare recipes from like the 50s and 60s where it's like <laughs> everything was like a jelloed salad but it had like shredded Ooh. carrots and frozen peas in it. Gross. Cream soda. That just sounds like one of those weird yes. post-war concoctions of Agreed. processed food recipes Agreed. that our grandmas made. Maybe it was like the beginning of an Italian soda. You know how they always do cream oh, with like, like seltzer water and then right? a flavor. Yeah, maybe it was like the base of that, but then they forgot the. I don't know. It's just gross. Even if you added cream, it'd be gross. Yeah, because root beer, disgusting. obviously, root beer floats are amazing. Thank you. Yes, I love a good root beer so float. So good. Agree. But I can't even imagine having a cream float. A cream soda float. A cream float. <laughs> Cream floats all around. <laughs> Belly just, up to the bar, boys. Yeah, it just sounds... Got a cream float so on our hands. <laughs> it sounds so wrong. Yes, agreed. Two words that I didn't be think I was going to, like, finish drinking this thing because I don't normally, you know, there's no aspartame in it, which oh, I forgot to do my fact checks this week. I was really, really busy. That's so okay. I apologize. Remember, I was supposed it. to do aspartame yes what is aspartame and it's a chemical that causes cancer yes and but you we were also saying it the you were thinking it had to do with like brain chemistry too uh-huh. could affect that that's what i've heard i've read an art a couple articles and people told me that too which doesn't surprise me but so but this is good i might actually yeah. finish this. it is good i hope it doesn't give you a headache <clears throat> well if it does i'll just drink another tall boy <laughs> vitamin R. Vitamin R with my vitamin RB. The beer twilight and forks. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by forks. <laughs> sunshine oh. on the Washington coast. Just kidding. No, there's it's no never sunny there. there. Yeah, even in August. Remember, didn't yeah. we go there in August? Yeah, and it was foggy. It was cloudy, it gray, was overcast, so and cold. there was fog all over the beach. Yeah, it was yeah, freezing. It was cold. It was cold. And this is pre-Twilight, too. This yeah. is like there was no hype of like hot vampires. Yeah. This is like... Late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, and we went to Forks for God Family knows camp. what reason. The whole church went. Yeah. To go surfing. That's in why. Forks? Yes. That, I know, that was but the whole reason. There's other places to surf in Washington. I know. There's Westport. But someone wanted to surf and they wanted to do family camp somewhere where they could surf, but, but somewhere close enough where it was affordable for the whole church to go. But it's just as far away as Westport. 
I don't know. It's that's, actually more expensive because you have to take a ferry there. I know. That's Westport, just, you can at least go down I-5 and then go west from I know. Olympia. I think the excuse was because there was another church being started in Forks, and so we wanted um, to come help them. Remember how they did a service in the park, oh, and they did the fish I, fry? I vaguely remember Yeah, this. it was like to support a new plant or something. I just church plant. remember it being so cold. So cold, and it was in the middle of the summer. Yeah, when it, it should was have been warm. August yeah. when it's usually really yeah. warm. I remember Western walking Washington. from along the beach and then through the campsites to say hi to people mm-hmm. or whatever, and everyone had a fire going and everybody was huddled around the fire because yeah. it was so cold. Now, that is the one good thing about La Push is because it's on reservation land, you can do campfires on the beach. Campfires on the beach. True. I do like that. True. That is one benefit. Yes. Except the only memory I have is that all the girls and were stuck in one cabin. There was like twelve of us in a one bedroom cabin. Oh really? Yeah. And like some one of the girls came in, she had kids, so she got the room and then we Ooh. all had to sleep on the couches in the living room floor. Ooh. And they're up at six AM making food for their babies and oh it was awful. I was mad. I was in a cabin with me and two other people, like one oh. of the little A frame like camp cabins. You got lucky. Didn't you go with Joe and Danica? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh you got- I went with Kobernick. Oh, and I think Rachel or Liz stayed in our cabin. Okay, well then you got lucky because I got screwed. I'm sorry, that sounds yeah. awful. That is not a vacation. I had the, I think LG was in our, <laughs> in our cabin. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, there was fun memories though. It was fun to play yeah, the surf. Yeah, it was fun, but I just remember thinking it's so cold here, and I am like, you know. Used to being cold in Washington. And you love camping. Oh, I love camping. Oh my god! You get the gear. (laughs) (laughs) What? We're going camping? Yeah. Yeah, I actually would have been happy camping outside, but it just—I just remember being shocked how it was August when usually it's bright and sunny, Mm -hmm. and there's not supposed to be fog on the beach that you walk through (laughs) like all day long. Yeah. Usually Uh fog, even when you go down to like Long Beach, it's in the mornings, right? Yeah. Yeah. It burns off. Right. By like 9 a.m. Nope. No. Nope. Surfing in the fog. All Definitely day. can't see sharks. Well, that's why the vampires liked it so much. Because right. Because of the, exactly. the fog. The fog yes. cover. I do remember the one big memory I have. I have two big memories. was surfing and body, actually bodyboarding. And you and Liz and Rachel made a trip into town into Forks, which is like an hour away or something. And you were gone most of the day. Mm-hmm. And then you came back in someone's car. I think it was you driving like mm-hmm. a silver car mm-hmm. and Rachel and Liz were hanging sitting outside of the windows on on the like sitting on the door with cowboy hats yep. and like fake guns <laughs> and going yeah and, well, cause what, and you're driving around the beach or the campground and uh-huh. like really fast and, and then, I was like what the hell is going on what is wrong that was before we we knew each other but, but we, we weren't, weren't friends, friends. Yeah. I remember thinking they're so girly what is Weird. Liz doing <laughs> that's what I was thinking no what we did is we got bored of the fog right and the water is cold Freezing. as you had hell to wear wetsuits booties and a head cap. yeah and yeah. i was like not down with that because my least favorite thing is to be cold and wet yeah i don't mind being cold and yeah. i certainly don't mind being wet yeah. but it was cold the with even a combination of that yeah. is awful so we went into forks and there's that little or i don't know if it's still there but there's that grocery store but it's like a general store so yeah there was like a whole hardware yeah. and like home goods section and they were having this big tent sale where they had like all these kids stuff was on sale 
Yeah, that's right. They were kid hats because they were really yeah, small they were on your head. Really heads. small yeah. on our heads, like. And so we got funny. all these like kid cowboy hats and like squirt guns <laughs> yeah. and cap guns yeah. and like little cowboy holsters yes. and stuff. And we were like, like even in the parking lot, we were like, stick them up. <laughs> Like strangers, like grumpy men in forks, bloggers, they're like, what, what, what? And so when we came back, that's why they were hanging out the window, like, pew, yeah. pew. And yeah. so that was like the only thing we could do to entertain ourselves because yeah. that is the worst. I remember thinking, like, they must have been really bored. <laughs> we were, we yeah. were very bored. Yeah, if you're not there to surf, then it was desperately boring. Shit, sorry. You might want to What'd you do? Out. I'm tr- trying to get comfortable. Or hiking. Like, there was good hiking there. No, I don't remember that. I don't remember it being hilly. Well, to you had to hike down to two of the beaches, two of the beach approaches. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Is that what you did? Yeah, did that. You, that, you, that was before you were, you liked Justin, right? Um, We were kind of dating. Oh, you were yeah. during that time? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, we were, like, secretly dating at that time. Secretly? Why secretly? Secretly. Well, because we didn't want it to become one of those, like... People pull you aside and counsel you, and you can't yes, ride in the car alone together? Yes, yeah. Did you ever ride in the car alone together, like, oh, lead yeah, church, yeah. and no one ever said anything? I don't think anyone was paying attention to us by that point. I think there's Because you were a good girl. You weren't, like, one of the rebels, so no one... <clears> right, like, nobody... That was my cover. Good job. You did a good job. Yeah, I remember being surprised... At your 18th birthday at your parents' house, a bunch of us, everyone was there. It was Your house was full of people, like all the youth group from the church. And yeah. Justin showed me this ring. He's like, I'm going to propose after the cake or something like that. And I was like, what? You like, don't I didn't even, even know her. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, what? Is, it's her 18th birthday. You're like, like I, I can't wait for <laughs> Justin to be so embarrassed right now. <laughs> yes. That's what I was thinking <laughs> in the back of my head. I was like, oh, ha, ah, ha, ah, ha. Ah. I was like, how do you know she's going to say yes? What if she says no? I remember saying that. He's like, I don't, cause I didn't even know you were dating. So oh. I was like, what? That's how secret we were. I know. You're very secret. Good, I was shocked. My good secret keeper. And I was like, there's no way your parents are going to let her say yes. So he's going to get so embarrassed. I was thinking that in the back of my head. And then when you said yes and everyone was happy, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I was so shocked. Like, my mind was blown. I was pretty surprised that he had proposed to. Oh, you didn't know? No. Oh, I, I thought you both had planned Mm-mm. it. No. Oh, okay. No, we hadn't planned it. It kind of got sprung on me, but... Um, Did you feel pressured? Like... Yeah, I mean, honestly, a little bit, but I just... We really, really loved each other. I know you did. And did, did he talk to your parents first? He did. Oh, good. I didn't God. even know that. Wow, your mom yeah. kept that from you? <laughs> she did. Good job. Surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it surprised me. Um, but, I mean, I just we just really, really loved each other. So. I know you did. I remember asking him, like, how do you know, I know for sure I asked him this, how do you know she's the one for you? Like, for the rest of your life, you know how huge a commitment of marriage is. How do you know? And he goes, well, I didn't know, but we started to hang out together. And, then, and you're like, in the same car? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I said that. I was like, alone? He's like, yeah. I was like, how, thinking, like, how'd you get away with that? And he's like, we are being sneaky. You're like a notebook. You're yeah. like, tell me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And he goes, I went away. I liked her and we hung out. You know, we didn't fool around or anything. But I went away on a men's retreat or left town for a little while. And I told myself, well, it, you know, I'll see how it goes for us being separated. And if I miss her, you know, and, and 
you know, those feelings are still there when I get back and it was hard being away from her, then I will know. And he's like, that's exactly what happened. I missed her the whole time. And when we, I got back, I was so happy to see her and it, it just made sense. It just, she, she's the one. Oh, and I was like, you, you just want to have sex, you liar. <laughs> I think I said that. And Liz was like, Lisa, shut up. Shut up, Lisa. You don't say S-E-S. Yeah, I did not have any filter oh, about that. None. I'm aware. <laughs> I bet. I know. Um, well, that is really sweet. I mean, hindsight, we were totally infatuated. So I think you feel that way about anyone you're infatuated of with. But, um, I mean, it's worked out so far uh yeah if you guys didn't love each other you wouldn't still no, be married 20 course. million years later 20 million, it's actually gonna be um 18 years yeah and so, three kids and yeah. so young we're all the odds were against so you so young yeah you're so young yeah and you've been through some stressful times and it's still stuck so yeah we still stuck to each other it's a good thing it is i'm glad for you because dating like is not him. fun yeah, I know you do. <laughs> kind of like him. He kind of grew on me. I'll let him sleep in the bed today. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry for the side. I know. I didn't know that. That was funny. I thought I told you that story. Maybe you did. I'm starting to forget things, which is... Oh, now you know how I, I feel. Oh, wow. You felt your whole life. <laughs> exactly. And I do remember, like, at your bachelorette party or, or whatever, we all went to Red Robin, <clears throat> all the girls. I was like, don't do it. He's got googly eyes. I know. His eyes are too big. His don't do eyes it. are too big and blue. I know. I They're like, so big and blue. Trying to warn you. <laughs> His eyelashes are shockingly long and but, thick. But you took it really well, and you laughed at that instead of being offended. So I was like, okay. Yeah. You know, our kids <clears throat> inherited his... Two of our kids inherited giant blue eyes. Really? Who? Audrey and Donovan. I thought Donovan had your eyes. No, Fisher does. Oh. I know Audrey looks oh, God, a dead like, ringer of him. Yeah. Yeah, for but sure. Audrey and Donovan have his giant blue eyes and his big lashes. I never noticed. I just thought Donovan and Fisher looked like you and she looked Donovan like Donovan looks like me a little bit in the face. I think he does. A lot like you. Audrey inherited also his giant blind googly oh that's she's right so blind. with her coke bottle glasses know, she's thing. so sweet she is sweet so but she looks really cute in glasses yeah she can pull it off she can pull off anything she'll get lasik i'm sure when she's like 22 or whatever that scare me justin got lasik i know didn't he go to canada to get that yeah because it was like before it was like big and even affordable right here. right but um it's been like 18 years oh he got them right away uh right around the time we got married yeah you're like you're not wearing those glasses at our like wedding. those because <laughs> he awful. had the transition lenses yes and oh, i hated them gosh it made him look so much older yeah i didn't know he was as young as he was i thought he was old you and me both you yeah. know i thought he I was like 35 40 the first time i met him. i agree and those transition <laughs> lenses <laughs> had a lot to do with didn't it didn't help his case and the beard and the long hair yeah long hair right Long hair, big old mountain man beard. He did not look like the same person once no. he shaved and cut uh-uh. his hair. That's exactly what it I It was thought. like he had a sack over his head the whole I, time. Well, you know, I didn't even realize it was the same guy until we had been like dating for two weeks. You're like, I really hated you and thought you were a rapist. I Because <laughs> the first time we met was when Rachel came into my work. Right. And at I was Little like, Caesars. what the hell is my best friend hanging out with some 35-year-old dude for 
Yeah. And he was totally hitting on me. And like, and I saw him at the grocery store the next day. He's like, hey, you remember me? And I was Ew. like, yeah, I do. Scary <laughs> Larry. <go>. Scary <laughs> Larry is right. <laughs> but then we met again like six months later. And he had totally like shaved and had contacts in that day. And I was like, oh, who's the hot guy? <laughs> and we legit were hanging out for like two weeks before I put it two and two together. <laughs> you dork. <laughs> oh my god you want to hear dork so yes i do <laughs> okay a friend of ours uh his son um their son is graduating this year so i was looking for a grad card and i found one that was like they're kind of um she works for alaska airlines and they do a lot of like disney vacations yeah, yeah. so i found this car where there's mickey and he's like good work graduate and then you open it up, and he's like, high four. <laughs> and I was, like, laughing because I was like, Mickey's an idiot. <laughs> so I bought the card. And then I got it home, and I realized he says high four because he has four fingers. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is recently? This was today. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey's so dumb. You never noticed you only had four fingers? <laughs> well, I didn't understand oh. why. <laughs> I didn't understand why he was saying high four. I thought it was because he was like dumb and couldn't graduate high school. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that Mickey episode. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I realized that it's because he has four fingers and he can only give a high four. <laughs> you should write in your card. I know that he didn't graduate high school, but good job on graduating. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's how I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why you're my best friend. Mm. (laughs) So, um, I don't have a news story this week because you have an amazing news story. story. I do. It's about Nexium. Tell me what you've heard about that. Isn't Nexium the purple pill, the heartburn pill? Is that what we're talking about? Oh, no. That's not what we're talking about. Is that the heartburn pill? Maybe it is. This is spelled N-X-I-V-M. <gasps> is this the cult? Yes. Oh, my God. But you have heard the about Canada, it. Like, the, one of the ladies, um, I watched like a documentary on it. A what short documentary? One. It was on Annie, and it was like cults and extreme beliefs. Uh-huh. And Sarah Edmondson with the dark hair. And she's the actress in Vancouver, Vancouver, BC. Yes. Oh, and the guy was, like, doing weird sex stuff. Keith Rainier is his name. And he's the one that branded them. Yes. Oh, my God. I do know what you're talking about. You kept saying Nexium. And I was like, ooh, the purple pill. (laughs) (laughs) The heartburn pill is in the news. That's how they pronounce it is Nexium. Why would they name it after? I don't know. They're amazing. The guy seemed like a psychopath when he is a psychopath. When I watched that documentary, he totally is a psychopath. Oh, so by the way, for those of you who don't know and may not have caught on to the fact from our conversation previously, Lisa and I have both come out of very extreme, strict, conservative Christian backgrounds, Cult. and well, one church that we went to mutually, it would considered cult-like very much so and we've come out of that and now have a very very jaded view of controlling controlling leaders, <laughs> leaders but we're and we're extremely any anytime there's like the slightest like ooh, that 
seems a little yeah. controlling or cultish, yes. I go 180 degrees the yeah. opposite way because yep. we're so very much freaked so. out by it. So, yes, and that's where why I was when we were talking about Rachel meeting her husband earlier. One of the rules that was made by the leader of this church is that guys and girls could not ride in the car alone, or girls could not ride in the front seat, even if there was other people mm-hmm. in the back seat. If a guy was driving, right? Because you know that's <clears throat> going to lead to sex, obviously, by sitting Clearly. in the front seat with another guy. Yeah, you know, a stick shift. It's very sexual. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so there was a lot of weird culty rules. Very controlling. Women were very much lesser than yes to submit to their husbands. And I remember being told, uh, you're single, so you're a rebel, because the Bible talks about a woman needing a head to cover her, and you don't have a man leading you, so you obviously don't hear from the Lord, and you're going to go astray. You know, I don't know. And that's why everyone was married off. Yeah. They were encouraged to get married. That is very hurtful to say that you don't hear from God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the the leaders of this church were the mediators, not Jesus Mm -hmm. being the mediator between God and I. Or your husband. Your husband is your mediator to God. Yeah, you can't hear from God. I have to speak to you for him, from him. You know, like it was very... uh, Or you can't make your own decision. Yeah. You must get counsel from the church leaders. Or have spiritual insight of your own. Yes. I was told that once when I had my first baby that I was no longer needed. Oh, on the worship team? Uh Uh-huh. Or just in general, other than to, you know... Your job was teach to be home with a mother. My job was mother. to be at home or to teach Sunday school. That's all I was good for. So anyway, yeah. so that's why cults or cult mentality is very intriguing to us. Yes. Because we both, I wouldn't say we escaped, but we both removed ourselves yes. from that culture. And we were very much attacked for removing oh, ourselves. Oh, yeah. I was put oh. on a prayer list which was actually were, a backslidden list. Yeah. I walked away from God because I moved from Washington yeah. to California and the, left the church. Actually, the reason uh, Lisa and I became close is we had known each other but weren't really friends because... Our personalities were so different. Yeah, they were very different. And I was a little, I admit it, I was a little uptight and, um, uh, what do you call it, judgmental, mm-hmm. I guess, just because I... You know the way you were raised. Yeah, the way I was raised, yeah. things came pretty easily to me. And Lisa was very brash and outspoken, <laughs> very much so. But um, after I had my first kid and experienced my first like dose of real life and reality, I began to develop empathy and compassion. And um, you were humbled a little bit. I was humbled a little bit, and I remember Lisa was moving to Southern California, and everybody in the church was in an uproar and just all mad, and and Lisa's moving to California to fornicate. Yeah, exactly. And I remember sticking up for you, and I was like, I'm pretty sure she's moving because she got a job. Right. Like a job right. offer. So I think it's okay. Like, yeah. she's going to be fine. And then people stopped talking to you. I was the only one that would still talk to you. That's right. And that's how we became close friends. Yeah. And you know what it's like to be burned Mm. and backstabbed for walking away from the church. yes. You probably took a lot more than I did because I just left. You were still in the community and still trying to give it a chance. Yeah, or like trying to still have a 
relationship with people and it's just right. like you you can't yeah because because you went to another bible study of another church's <clears throat> during midweek or something right there yeah i mean there was like a series of things that happened but um once it, once we left that church it was like all these rumors started circulating about us around the community and of course yeah i remember so. the leaders telling us single guys and girls you shouldn't even be dating other single people from other churches even in the same town because then you're going to marry them and go to their church so you need to date within our church because they wanted to grow the church oh my god how do they grow the church people marry each other stay in the church have kids then no you actually have a message and a program that's like worthwhile and helps people and then more people come in you don't grow a church from having babies yeah that's insane and i remember a couple of the guys were asked to leave for dating girls in other churches what yeah i have see i was like totally oblivious to most of this because i just like came in from the outside and right just night and you were on anyone rate anyone's radar of being a threat or being a rebel or yeah you know or a troublemaker yeah Yeah. that's insane i didn't know that yeah I'm sure there's many more stories oh. if I could remember I would mm. tell, but I've forgotten a lot. Again, your memory. It's kind so of a good thing. <clears throat> let's go back to Nexium. Now that it's not the purple pill, I'm okay. actually really excited okay. about this. So um, the reason why we're going to discuss Nexium today is about a, a little over a year ago, I listened to started listening to podcasts, which you were very shocked by, and I was too. What? Yeah. I was too. I'm still shocked that I listened to them. And um, I came across this uh, podcast from Canada, um, the CBC podcast called Uncover. Mm. And I was listening to season one, which was called Escaping Nexium. And it has Ooh. seven or eight episodes in season one, and it was really good. And it started about this, this guy named Josh who hosts the CBC podcast Uncover, ran into his friend from like preschool, Sarah Edmondson, mm-hmm. like middle of town. And um, in Vancouver, in Vancouver, okay. BC, yes. And they ran into each other. And she goes, "Oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in so long time." They started talking, and he is like, "So how are you doing, Sarah?" She's like, "Actually, I just escaped a cult like a month ago, so I'm not doing very well." Wow. And started telling her story to him, and he's like, "Um, I work at CBC Productions, and I'm doing starting this new podcast called Uncover, and I'm looking for really interesting stories." Would you be willing to tell your story? Wow. And so she did. So they sat down, and, like, there's seven or eight episodes of her just really pouring her heart out and and not leaving out any details about what happened. So basically she was an aspiring actor in Vancouver, B.C., Mm -hmm. and she she was getting, like, she she was getting calls. Her agent was doing a good job for her, but she wasn't landing big gigs, like a commercial here or something stupid here, but no, like, movies or TV episodes, sitcoms that she really wanted. Right. And life wasn't going the way she wanted. She was probably, like, in her early 20s, I want to say, like, fresh out of college. And um, someone told her about this educational better-yourself leadership program called Nexium. Um, where it was a five-day class for $2,000, and it'll give you show you a lot about yourself, and it will show you, like, a lot of, um, you know, rocks and, and stuff that's in your way that you've put there and how to expand your mind and learn how to really improve your life <coughs> and start making money and do what you want to do and give you the tools to be the master of your own ship, basically. And she was like, $2,000, that's whatever. So she ended up going that on. That is 
like a lot of money for yes, five days. Yes, a five-day class. And when I say a five-day class, you were there from 7 a.m. to sometimes 1 or 2 a.m. the next day, and then you'd have to be there at 7 a.m. again. Jeez. And there was very little water breaks. Lunch and dinner were provided, but it was discouraged from getting up and taking bathroom breaks or water breaks. <sighs> And leaving. I would get a UTI or pee my too. pants. Like, I couldn't have done it. And I've listened to about three people tell their story of Nexium, and they all seem to coincide. And um, so basically, um, she was like, whatever. And then, like a couple months later, she went on this cruise trip, um, like a film cruise, mm-hmm. a, sp- a spiritual film cruise. So there was a lot of <laughs> production directors, producers, actors. Like, so she wanted to try to network mm-hmm. so she went on this cruise and ran into this guy named mark something i forget but he was like this big time director guy mm-hmm. and they started talking and and he's been telling she's like what are the secrets to cracking in this industry how do i mm-hmm. get there because i this is really my heart's desire and he's like really um it all started to fall together for me when i joined this thing called nexium and but, but this guy was innocently thinking, like, this is a good thing, and it's helped my mm-hmm. career, and he's been in it for seven, eight years or whatever, and there wasn't anything weird going on. So he, she's like, if he suggested it and it's worked for him, then I know it will work for me. So when she got back to Vancouver, B.C., she signed up, and she wasn't rich by any means, so $2,000 was a lot of money for her. Mm-hmm. And she said the first day I went in there, it was like um, they had different belts, like in Taekwondo, like, yellow belt, white belt, blue belt type of thing, and whatever level of leader you were in Nexium, that's the color of belt you have. Do do they dress in these belts? <laughs> they they wear them. Um, uh, uh, they wear, like, normal clothes and then wear them around their neck or, like, like around Like a sash? Their, yeah, kind of. Exactly. Why don't they call it a sash? I don't know. <laughs> I, well, the leader, Keith Rainieri, was, like, an expert in martial arts. Oh apparently. my god! Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, and he's <laughs> the smartest person in the world. He learned to speak sentences at one years old. Um, Wait, is this true or this is what? This he is said? what he says. Okay. Okay. And um, he's uh, done meetings with the Dalai Lama and sat with the Dalai Lama and worked with him or whatever. And he's um, got like three master's degrees from Ivy League colleges. And Why he, does he, he was, need three master's degrees? I Why didn't know. he go on and get his doctorate? I don't know. Um, he was like a, a piano genius or whatever. Like a savant? Um, uh, there's another word like... Prodigy? Prodigy. Okay. Thank you. A pianist prodigy by the age of five. Like he was just this amazing guy. And so... Uh, he wasn't even there at these meetings, but so he she went there and she said there was probably like thirty or forty people in a room, mm-hmm. and um, you had to refer to Keith Rainier as Vanguard. That is what you had to call him. You could not say Keith or Mister Rainier. You had to refer to him as Vanguard in that room. That room was sacred and holy, and it was a special place. And that's why they don't want you to get up unless there's breaks provided because you'll be distracting other people or you're missing out on something that's too hard for you to listen to and you need to sit there and face it. Oh, my God. Okay. So she said the first day was weird, but there's also a lot of sleep deprivation that goes on because mm. you're there all day and then you're lucky if you get three or four hours of sleep max. Right. And it's very draining. And, and you, they do talk about and work through personal problems and do workshops and talk about intimate things, you know, and, and it's like a... A workshop slash counseling type session, basically. Okay, so and it's kind of like a self help retreat, exactly. But no massages or like one on one therapy. Right. It's 
all like, about Keith Rainier being at the top of this <coughs> pyramid scheme, but they didn't say pyramid scheme. And if you sign up to work under them and then you get other people to sign up under you, you get 10% of whatever the $2,000 that they paid for this class. So it was also like a pyramid scheme type mm. thing. But um, so it was all about Keith. It was like Nexium is Keith and mm -hmm. Keith can help you because he's a self guru and he's changed, you know, thousands of people's lives. So anyway, she said the first couple of days were weird and she wasn't sure about but day, day five she felt like she had unburdened a lot of things and she found out a lot about herself and was hooked basically. So she she said she felt like a different person and felt so much better after the fifth day. So she started getting really involved and they decided to open an office in um, Vancouver, BC. The original office uh, started in Albany, New York where Keith lives and there's like this whole community. So if you're really up in the leadership in Nexium, you move to this little town, Albany, New York, and oh. buy in their little cul-de-sac community houses that by each other. Just like Scientology yes. with the the gold center or whatever yes. it is they call it. Hey, can I take a bathroom break? Yes. Is that allowed? That is allowed. Are you sure? I am sure. Oh, by the way, they do call they do have in Nexium they have SPs they call people suppressives. Are you kidding? Not joking. Okay, now so I like don't want to go to the all bathroom. these things and like all these religions and all these cults and combined it into one. To one super cult? Yes, I'm serious. <laughs> and he's on trial right now in the New York court. I don't know if you know that. No, I don't. So I'm going to go to the bathroom if that's allowed. That is by loud. By the vanguard. I okay. want to go downstairs and get some cold air on my face. Okay. I'm back from my bathroom break. We're back in black. I'm all in on this. Colt talk. So Sarah Edmonton goes to Vancouver and opens up her own store. Yeah. So basically she gets really involved in Nexium, and she's very like a driven type A woman, very hard worker, uh, very hard on herself. A lot like you, like just gets stuff done, like gets in there and rolls up her sleeves. And so she, she was like, this is changing my life. She started getting more calls for more gigs, like better gigs for acting opportunities and things started like happening and she was like okay this is working you know that my and she became really close with uh, the director guy named Mark and so some years passed and and she's involved and they asked her to open up her own center in Vancouver and mind you there's centers um opened up all over the United States and all over the world like he's re Keith Rainer has been able to expand Nexium because it's a pyramid scheme right so he makes more money the more centers that are opened and um, so she opens up her own center. And she's, she's in charge of recruiting people. So that was her job, was to recruit people and convince people to come in and pay $2,000 for the initial five-day workshop. And that was just the beginning. So the next workshops cost more and more money. And then, you know, reading materials or notebooks that Keith has produced of his own writings and sayings, you know, stuff like that. And so she starts uh, really doing well a couple years in opening her own center, and she ended up recruiting a lot of people, and she ended up being the most high, highly produce, producing center in all of Nexium. So she ended up having the busiest, recruited the most people, and making the most money. All the while, she doesn't get paid a salary for you know, doing this and like holding these meetings and recruiting people and cleaning up after everyone and bringing coffee and snacks and all the things that she spent her time and money on and gas, but she did get a 10% or whatever it was of off of everyone that signed up under her. So, um, 
So this goes on for years. She And so every year they celebrate Keith Rainier's birthday. They call it some f- festival of something. And they usually have it in Albany where he lives and where the rest of you know, the leaders of Nexium live in their cul-de-sac. Is it called the Festival of Douchebags? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I forget what <laughs> it's called, but it's some... Um, the Festival of Vanguards. Y- yes, extravaganza <laughs> type thing. And so it's like a big to-do and everyone brings presents and they do it at like this, you know, hotel ballroom and it's like fancy smancy event. So it's like the Scientologist and Tom Cruise's birthday. Yes, okay. exactly. Pretty much. Um, and so on one of her workshops or trips to Albany or whatever, she meets what's now her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and they dated for a while and then got married. And they were, he was um, a Nexium member as well. And then they both started um, doing the center together in Vancouver, B.C. And they had a couple of kids, I believe. And um, so then... Keith Rainier starts making these women's side groups within Nexium. This one is a women's only group <coughs> called Jeunesse, where what? the top women that are approved, that are like committed to self improvement, to committed to really being the master of your own ship. If you want to be, you know, really go to the top, then you're going to join the Jeunesse group, which would be like a women's Bible study or a women's retreat, mm-hmm. you know. So it was women only and led by women, and Keith Rainier apparently had no hand in Jeunesse. It was women only, right? So then, from all the Jeunesses all over the world in each center, he started to secretly make this side group of only the most exclusive, beautiful women called Doss. And this is the part I'm remembering from the A and E documentary. Yes, yes, and it was a secret hush hush. No one knew anything about it. The only people that knew about it were the people that were in it, and the people that were recruited. But the people that were recruited couldn't know or find out anything about it unless they were actually in. So that's why no one. So knew. nobody else thought it was suspicious that everybody in this group was like gorgeous women. No. There's no... You can't question Keith Fuddy-duddy. You can't question leaders of cults, as we both know. Yeah. There's no questioning, right? Because all end all is stops with the leader. So um, so she goes to Albany, and she meets a group of four or five women that have been selected. And uh, her one of her best friends, um, I forget what her name is. We'll just call her... Sally. Um, her best friend is the one that recruited her into DOS. She was already part of DOS. But DOS means, when they break it down, it means master over slave women. That's what is the DOS this, means. Okay, because I'm looking at Nexium's Wikipedia page right now. Is this the actress? Allison Mack? Yeah. No. No. So okay. it's, her. I forget her, her best friend's name. I forget, <clears throat> but her best friend is one of the higher-ups. There's okay. like four or five higher-ups that run Nexium with Keith. Okay. And Allison Mack is one of those, but she lives in a town home in the cul-de-sac in Albany because okay. she's high up there. It's basically, she thinks, Allison Mack thinks her and Keith are running this. Okay. But he also has an heiress from the Seagram's Liquor heiress. Oh, uh, you know, the Seagram's, yeah, Seagram's brand. Like, yeah. Uh, she's also one of the leaders and the person that funnels and produces all the money and pays for all the patents of Keith Rainier and all the materials and 
So she's like financially supporting Keith and Nexium big time, right? Because she's one of the other leaders that lives in, in Albany part time with okay. at the Nexium cul de sac. So they fly into Do Albany. Do they call it a cul de sac? Yeah, <laughs> cul de sac, exactly. It's not a cul de sac, it's a cul de sac. That's right, duh. <laughs> so Sarah flies to Albany and um, meets her best friend, Sally, and four or five other girls they're put in a car and they are blindfolded so they can't see where they're driving to so they drive for a couple hours and they end up what they now know was allison max townhome okay so wait these are like grown ass women women yes. participating in like frat boy level yes. hazing rituals pretty much yeah like that's what they were okay with but they didn't know that was coming they weren't okay. able to know anything or be told anything okay. until they were a part of it Till right. they signed into DOS, DOS. So it stands for again, Master Over Slave Women. How does DOS? Because I forget the words. What it actually means? Oh, it's means. like Latin or it's some Latin. bullshit. Yeah, okay. DOS. It's Latin words, but it translates to Master Over Slave Women. Okay, excuse me while I chew You're my fine. my no worries. delicious cheese dipper snack. <laughs> so they get in the car. They're blindfolded. They drive drove a couple hours to what we now know is Allison Max townhome in the cul-de-sac in Albany and they're still blindfolded led into this house a lot of the lights are off and they're led into this room upstairs that has like a massage table on there and some candles so it's like dimly lit so the blindfolds are taken off and she says um did you bring the collateral that I asked each of you women to bring and so they had to bring some collateral that was some incriminating evidence against them so if they ever left DOS then this collateral would be released. But it wasn't oh an God. evil trick. It was to reinforce the commitment you have to, to improve yourself, to self-improvement. So if you think about, um, like, let's say you make a commitment to yourself to go to the gym five days a week. And mm-hmm. if you don't break that, and if, if you break that, then we'll release some incriminating collateral. So it's really accountability Wait, to help wasn't you. wasn't this part of the actual, like, Nexium thing, too, if I'm rem- remembering the documentary? It was, like, part of it was being really hard on yourself. Yes. And punishing yourself for not reaching goals. Right. But DOS was a whole nother level okay. of this. And you can't tell anyone about it. You have to sign a contract, like a legally binding contract, and you have to give some sort of collateral. So she had to write a letter saying she cheated on her husband and that she only likes her parents for the money they give her and she really hates her mom and that wasn't good enough so she had to write more she had to lie and write more incriminating evidence oh against her God. parents and provide a fully spread eagle nude photo with her <gasps> face in it so each girl had to do this and so what? that is a huge red flag right what but when the you're heck? in this 10 12 years yeah. and you're a leader no, and you I, have a center and you're brainwashed right yeah and this is a, a commitment to prove yourself <clears throat> not for someone else i know and this is a women's group only as well so they don't think keith rainier is in this well he's the puppet master of all this he mm. created dos and he's the one that said they need to provide some sort of incriminating collateral so they won't leave so they'll have to mm-hmm. stay once they're in it and they won't tell anybody so she said, so they give all the girls gave over their collateral and they had to lie naked on this table. And then there's this doctor lady there and she, uh, they're like, what do you, what's going on? She's, you know, Sarah's like, I don't want a tattoo or anything. She said, no, no, it's a tattoo. We're, we're going to brand you. And she was like, what? I don't want to be branded. I don't have any tattoos in my body. I don't want anything on mm-hmm. my skin. She's like, she's like this. And so her best friend is like, trust me on this. I have one too. If you want to be a part of DOS, you have to be branded with this symbol, which means mountain 
ocean, water, air is what they told the people. That's what so the symbol means. So the last airbender was part yes, of this now, too? exactly. Jeez. And she's like, this is a commitment to yourself. So every time you see this brand on you, which they had to do right around their pubic bone area, mm-hmm. um, you'll remember, you know, not to give up on yourself and your dreams and your goals. And this, this is, and so you, they had to lie on the table fully nude and want someone had to take a picture of this and send it to Keith, but they didn't know they were sending it oh to Keith. God. This person had to send it to their master. Mm-hmm. So, so her best friend Sally would now be her master, right? Mm-hmm. And so she would have to respond to any phone calls, any text messages, any emails, any type of correspondence within a minute, or she would be punished. What? Yeah, that's part of the thing. Like, if you're someone's slave, and then you get punished if you don't do what they're telling you to do within so this timely amount. If your of time. master is like a narcissist or like just loves torturing sodomist. people, sadist, yeah. Um, sodomist is something else, but it that goes, too, it's part of that. That's yeah. But then you're just shit out of luck, and then you just hope your master is like a reasonable person that sleeps at one in the morning, or you're a very hardworking, overachieving person that's never going to make a mistake, right? So uh, her best friend Sally has a master, but she can't say who her master is, but her mm-hmm. master is Keith. So she's sending pictures oh of each girl God. lying naked on the, on the table, get being branded. Um, and so each girl has to help hold down an arm or a leg of the girl on the table because she can't move because if she moves, <laughs> it messes it up. Right. And it's, it's a cauterizing pin. Right. It's not like a, it's 45 minutes of cauterizing oh and you, they don't give you any anesthetic, no pain medication. You just have to lay there for 45 minutes and don't move. And if you move, they have to start all over again. And it can really get infected and go deeper if you oh move. So they, so they had to hold down these women naked on the table as they use a cauterizing pin to burn open your flesh. And in a symbol that is probably like two or three inches high by about three or four inches wide. And it has to go deep enough to scar your skin to stay there forever. So they're going a few centimeters in your skin. Oh my and God. so when it was Sarah Edmondson's turn to go, she laid on the table crying. And then her best friend Sally's like, you got this. You're so strong. Just think of another pain. You know, you've had a child. You know what chi- how painful a childbirth is. You did that. You can do this. Just think of a pain that's greater than this. And so she, she was like, okay, I trust my best friend. Like, I know she would only want the best for me. And I can do this. She said she laid on the table and she laid perfectly still and just thought about the pain of childbirth. And she said she was the fastest one. She got it over in like 20 or 25 minutes because she didn't move. And she said it was the most excruciating pain. Like it compared nothing to childbirth. She said this was so painful. I don't even know how I did it. I just kind of transported myself in my mind to another place basically to be able to endure it. And she goes, um, so everyone got done signed the contract gave collateral and she's like a few weeks later she didn't tell her husband about it sarah didn't because she was kind of embarrassed and she was like trying to fight with herself in her head like why would we have to do this why would it come to this what you know what in the world you know she's really questioning everything Uh but she's fighting with herself and so she um has a, a friend over during the day to her house and you know she shows her friend and her friend goes oh my god she goes that's not a symbol those are initials and she's like, what? And she looks down, and she sees the initials A.M., Allison Mack. And then if you turn your head to the side, it says K.R., Keith Rainier. So it's those two <coughs> initials branded on each DOS girls. And there's a ton of DOS girls because oh, in each no. area, mm-hmm. they've, you know, you want to be part of this elite club that gets close to Keith. 
So anyways, the DOS, the Master of Slave Women, um, is basically Keith and, and Allison um, created this to um, basically groom girls to have sex with him. Oh. That's what Gross. the whole DOS group was formed for. And so that's why they pr- picked the most attractive women to be a part of it. And um, so their master, whoever their master was, like it for Sarah, it was her best friend, mm-hmm. um, she would tell something like, you need to, this is your instruction, you know, and you have to do it, otherwise you're going to get punished um, or I'll release your collateral. You have to go seduce Keith. So this is some of the things that were told to some of these DOS girls. Go and seduce Keith. And some of these girls, so one of the girls was young and underage. One of the, a lot of these girls were virgins. Um, so it, so anyways, so once she figured out, sorry, I kind of rabbit trailed. Once she figured out that they were initials, she flipped out. She told her husband, her husband was like, what, you know, why did you let them brand you? What are you thinking? And she's crying and like, I don't know, but something else is going on here. So she starts to dig and research and, and try to talk to other people. And she finds out that basically she's being groomed to be a sex slave for Keith Rainier and that the goal is for her to move to Albany and them all live in one big sex slave commune type thing. And um, so she actually, uh, she tries to address some people and reach out to her best friend. She's like, why didn't you tell me? Like, these are initials. What's going on? What have we gotten me into? Why did you tell me to do this? And her friend's like, I don't know, honey. Just don't talk to anyone else. Don't say anything. And she wouldn't, like, give her any answers or any explanation or anything. So this Sarah... A girl decided to reach out to the New York Times and say, I just left a cult. Um, they branded me and they're doing this to hundreds or thousands of other women. And I believe that they're grooming them for this sociopath, Keith Rainier, to have sex with him. You know, it just kind of gives her hunches to the New York Times. So the New York Times posts an article, front page, and Sarah's on the front page with her jeans unzipped and the flap down showing her still red and swollen brand of Keith Rainier's. The angle you looked at it, it was Keith Rainier's initials. Mm -hmm. And this whole front page article went out, and then the FBI got wind of the New York Times article and started investigating Keith. So this was about a year and a half ago, maybe a little less. Yeah. And um, so Sarah cut herself off from everybody and just went through a really hard time. And then um, fast forward after after she gave the article, you know, the, the to the New York Times, excuse me, um, I don't know how long exactly it took, maybe six to eight months, maybe a year. They started hunting down uh, Keith Rainier, and he ran, they broke into his house, but he ran to Mexico, and they finally found him in Mexico and arrested him and put him in jail. So Keith, so Keith has been in jail for quite a while, and the trial. Um, against Nexium had start started last week actually. Okay. So he's been in jail for six to eight months and Allison Mack was arrested. The heiress Claire Boffman or Bowman was arrested along with um, Sally, her best friend, which that's not her name. Her name is Lauren, I just remembered. Sorry. Lauren okay. was her best friend. And then her mom was arrested and maybe a couple other people. So there's about five or six people, including Keith, that were arrested and charged with sex trafficking. Um let me see. Let me pull up this article. You might want to cut this part out because I need to pull this up really quick. Okay. I'm looking at articles right now, just headlines. The New York Times says, Nexium trial, sex cult leader confined women in a room for two years in jealous rage. Yes. And so because they had a center in Mexico, he convinced his family 
with uh, like three daughters and one boy to move to Albany with him. And this girl was 15 at the time, and he raped this 15-year-old girl and kept her in a room for two years because she had a crush on another guy. Oh, my God. And two years, she was locked in a room with nothing but a foam mattress on the floor, a pen, and a piece of paper because she was being punished because you can't have sex with if you're in DOS you can't have sex with anyone else but Keith Mm -hmm. so Keith had you know 30 or 40 partners plus the DOS girls right but Allison Mack who is a lesbian and married to her wife they would have threesomes with Keith all the time and uh, Lauren which was Sarah's best friend was in love with Keith and wanted to have his baby and when she would try to leave or get discouraged he would hang that over her head and say don't you want my genius child just crazy Ew. stuff. So, anyways, because this brave woman, Sarah Edmondson, spoke out to the New York Times, yeah. and they published that article, the FBI got involved, and ultimately, Nexium was tore down within eight months to a year, and Keith has been in jail ever since. So, the right. trial started last year, and I'm going to read an article. Wait, last year or last week? Uh, sorry, last week. Okay. Excuse me. Um, I'm going to read an article from BBC News. It's called, Nexium Trial, The Six Shocking Things We've Learned. Okay. Oh, by the way, so... Everyone pleaded guilty, went for a plea deal, except Keith Rainier. So all Claire, the the Seagram's heiress, Allison Mack, Mm -hmm. Lauren, her mom, and someone else all took a plea deal. And so now the trial's all... Are they witness for the prosecution then? So now it's Keith sitting on trial. He pled uh, not Not guilty guilty to all charges, which there's many. And now they're putting Allison Mack and all these other women on the stand to prosecute against Keith. And um, so the article begins, the trial of the Nexium leader, Keith Rainier, has begun. Mr. Rainier, prosecutors say, billed himself as the smartest, most ethical person in the world, <laughs> comparing himself to Einstein and Gandhi as he brainwashed and blackmailed women in his secret society. Gandhi wasn't very ethical. He beat his wife. And he burned himself to death. Well, I and mean. And he set himself on fire. But, <laughs> no, I thought he starved to death. Maybe you're right. But I mean, he he fought for the freedom of India, but he also was horrible to his wife. Anyway, he was a spiritual guru, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, um, comparing himself to Einstein and Gandhi as he brainwashed and blackmailed women in the secret society, which is DOS, he now stands accused of running a sex cult pyramid scheme, recruiting women as slaves and forcing them to have sex with him. The cult membership reportedly included Hollywood actresses, heiresses, and even the son of the former Mexican president, some Jeez. of who will testify against Mr. Rainier. Oh, my God. The Albany-based group Nexium, pronounced Nexium, describes itself as a community guided by humanitarian principles that seek to empower people. It says it has worked with more than 16,000 individuals and operates centers across the U.S., Canada, Mexico, and Central America. According to its tagline, Mr. Rainier and his organization were working to build a better world. Here are some of the most shocking details to emerge from testimonies in the high-profile trial against a 58-year-old self-help guru. Every August, Nexium members called Nexians would <laughs> dole out $2,000. I know. Would dole out $2,000 or more to gather in Silver Bay, New York to celebrate the birthday week of Mr. Rainier. So they had to pay to go to his birthday party? Yeah, everyone would give money to make it a big celebration because it was a birthday week. Like Mm. they celebrated his birthday all week. And everyone that was involved in Nexium had to come. Wow. 
So a former member testified that the week included tribute ceremonies to Mr. Rainier, refers, referred as to the Vanguard by his followers. The celebration known as Vanguard Week reportedly drew members from across the U.S. and Canada. There were always sort of entertainment or different kind of tribute ceremonies to Keith from the different centers. Or there would be like performances and singing. But it was kind of all centered around the idea of a tribute to Keith and celebrate Keith's work, a witness said in court, according to the um, Times Union. Sort of like summer camps for adults, they say. Uh, the event centered around Mr. Rainier's birthday on the 26th of August mirrored an organization dedicated entirely to its leader and the satisfaction of his various demands. Would you like me? You might need to cut this part out. Do you want me to read this whole article? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, what are the six things? Can you read the six yeah. bullet points? So uh, Lauren, um, Sarah's best friend, mm -hmm. found a guy in the next same thing and ended up getting married too. But Keith Rainier asked them to stay celibate for the first two years of their marriage so only Keith could sleep with this girl because she was one of the hierarchies. Yeah, it's messed up. What? So some of the Nexium curriculum strictly adhered to by its members included teachings about the need for men to have multiple sexual partners and the need for women to be monogamous. <laughs> Yes. Oh, a my former gosh. member of the alleged sex cult identified by prosecutors <clears throat> as Daniela, she was a 15-year-old, testified oh, she honey. was groomed for weeks before she turned 18 for oh. Mr. Rainier to take her virginity. So he didn't have sex with her until she was 18, but he performed oral sex and did other things oh, before God. then. Um, I already talked about that. She had never been kissed or had any sexual contact prior to... Oh. Keith Rainier. This gross douchebag. Ooh. What a monster. I bet men were all over this cold, yeah, like hot syrup on pancakes. They're like, men need multiple partners. I've been saying that my whole life, and women need to be monogamous I to know. me. Wow. So Keith Rainier ended up um, having sex with this girl and her sisters because there's like three other sisters oh. and so there's allegations of child so are pornography their, their parents are then in this school yeah yeah so it's like generational now i guess um she was this girl was forced to have sex with him on multiple occasions oh. and perform oral sex every day and just oh, and then geez. because she started to gain a crush on another guy that was in the house or whatever that's when she got locked in the room for two years oh yeah. Um, so, so solitary confinement for two years over weight gain. This is one of the six things. So Lauren Salzman, which was Sarah Edmonds' mm -hmm. best friend, 42, testified that the same young woman identified as Daniela was confined to a bedroom for two years all because she gained weight and asked to see another man other than Keith Rainier. Miss Salzman said the group leader made it seem a solution to solve Daniela's problem behavior. Keith told me that she was stealing and that she said she was going to lose weight and instead she gained 40 pounds. That was another thing that the DOS women had to do was starve themselves. They had to be a very, very thin, unhealthy weight because he liked extremely skinny women. What? Yes. 
So Daniela was told she couldn't go back to Mexico. He took her birth certificate and passport and all her documents. Wait, she couldn't go back? Yeah, because she was living in Albany. Oh, so she's from Mexico. Yeah. Okay. He recruited her whole family to come up to to be a part of Mexico. So not only is she a minor that's been groomed, she's in a foreign country where she knows nobody and does not speak the language as her first language. Exactly. Um, according to court documents, a secret society called DOS, or the Vow, existed within Nexium. Constructed like a pyramid scheme, levels of slaves were managed un- by masters. Unbeknownst to almost all members of DOS, Mr. Rainier, the only male member of the group, was the sole occupant of the highest tier, serving as the highest masters. Slaves were expected to recruit slaves of their own, who ultimately worked to service Mr. Rainier. Masters sold DOS to prospective slaves as a specific, uh, special offshoot of Nexium, according to Mr. Lever in his affidavit. Um, so, sorry, there's just a lot in here I'm trying. It's okay. It's okay. Well, this sounds like something we're going to follow. Yeah, do you want to stop? Do you have to go home? No, no, we can, like, wrap it up. I don't have to stop right this second. Um but no, this sounds like a case I want to research a little bit okay. more and follow because okay. it's there's a lot here. It's shocking. Yeah. It's shocking cuz I mean because of our what we've experienced, I mean it's nothing, absolutely nothing no. compared to this. But I've been fascinated with things similar to this like a uh, very huge fan of Leah Remini's yeah. um, Scientology in the Aftermath. Definitely. Um I don't know if you watched Wild Wild Country on I, Netflix. I watched the first few episodes, yeah. and it was pretty good. It was long. It's very I long. I haven't finished it yet. Um, looking into, like, the Manson family, looking, watching that. So that A&E thing that I heard about Nexium for the first time is called Cults and Extreme yeah, Beliefs. Yeah, I've seen that. And they there was, like, this cult um, mainly based out of Europe, I think, because the guy – had a warrant or something out for his arrest in the u.s but it was basically like a a child um sex cult also but it was like jesus was it the children of god yes children of god um but i these sorts of things fascinate me because you know i mean I feel bad because at first I was like, oh, my God, spread eagle photo with your face in it. How is that not a warning sign? Yeah. But looking back on my own experience, I mean, I was thought things that were normal were normal that now out of it for mm-hmm. the last 12 years probably, they're not normal. Right. And they're not right. And they're just manipulation. It's yeah. just... Like feeling guilty for taking antidepressants when you have postpartum? Um, Not only that, but, like, it's just so gross how certain people, they want power and they want to have control over other people. And they get off on it. Yep. It's just sickening. Yeah. Because it ruins lives. Yeah. It destroys lives. Yeah. And then, but it's always packaged as like a better way or a way to God, or I speak to God for you. And it just sickens me. Yeah, I agree. But this is like shocking to a level. Like, I know the children of God thing was shocking and awful. 
um that was more but that was like a generational cult almost where like they were brought up in it and then they were conditioned from a very early age right which the things they did to those kids is still horrible yeah but this is so shocking in that they're taking grown professional successful people educated people right and able to manipulate and control and brainwash them to degrade themselves to this level yes for the whims of one psychopath i know i guess it i just read that um lauren salzman which was sarah's Mm -hmm. best friend and allison mack were the first two dos slaves so it started with those two and keith rainier and then it and then they like what motivated them was it guilt was it duty they were in love with keith rainier all the women that were in the hierarchy Mm -hmm. were so in love they all knew that he slept with everybody, and they all wanted his baby. They were in love with him. They think he's this god. They were convinced. Wow. That's why I'm surprised the prosecution got them to take a plea deal and prosecute and speak against Mr. Well, Rainier. Because even if you listen to his uh, Mr. Rainier's uh, defense attorney, mm-hmm. you can hear some of Keith Rainier's language and innuendos and things that he would say well he's probably a nexium person himself maybe I just don't know. like scientology has their own lawyers and stuff yeah. that spin right. things to make them look better yeah his the i heard the lawyer say like in defense of mr rainier like this was normal they all signed up and signed a contract and i mean i'm not saying that this is a normal thing but if they decided to join this group it's normal for them so Keith did nothing wrong. That's what he no. was saying. No, he did. Because extortion is illegal. I know. Blackmail is illegal. Right, but his point is we never use release any of the collateral. So we just There's kept still it on the good fear thing. of that. I know. That's I know, but God. that's what his defense lawyer is saying. This guy enrages. He thinks he's gonna me. get off. Like he doesn't he think he's gonna be prosecuted. He's like Ted Bundy thought he was gonna yeah, get off. Exactly. Exactly. And so Clara Bowman, this, the Seag- Seagram's heiress, is the one that's funding all the attorneys for all these people. And the money just ran out. Wait, she's funding the money for Keith Rainier his and his defense? attorney? Yeah, all their so she, But she's fees. the one that took the plea deal? Yes, and then cut off the money. So there's no more money flowing from her to Keith wow. anymore. Yeah. Wow. This is, this is shocking. I know. I mean, I... There's so many layers you don't even there, know about. I don't even know, because I watched a 40-minute Annie right. documentary. And that's just her story. That Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's just her story. Yeah. And it was powerful, but I didn't... Um, it, obviously, I didn't pay enough attention to connect the two when you were like, I want to talk about Nexium, And then I was like, oh, the purple pill. Yeah. Sure. Heartburn. Yeah. yeah I want to talk can, about heartburn. Sure, we can talk about heartburn trial. <laughs> I'm suing my Big Mac <laughs> because I got heartburn last night. That's I don't I didn't have any idea. Like it wasn't until like, yeah, clearly. Yeah, you need to listen to the Uncover podcast. Uncovered and that's a CBC. Yep. Okay. Escaping Nexium. So it's really good. Uh this whole it's addicting. I just want to let people know. If anyone's telling you No, 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 you are not your gut isn't right. Your ideas aren't right. You have to do it my way because I hear from a higher power or I have the answers and you don't. Right. That is wrong. Yes. Somebody is a sociopath 
and they're manipulating you. Yes, to get something, to gain so something. So run as far away from those people as you can. Right. And all of these cults have, like, the same... They have the same, like, no, 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 you can't do anything yes. outside. You have to do it our way. Yep. You have to... And they all have the same thing. Scientology, this Nexium thing, this... Suppressive people. Stay suppressive away Suppressive people. I mean, we were told that, too. Like, oh, don't associate with those. Mm-hmm. They're, they're backslidden. Yeah. If they're, you can't question somebody, walk away from them. Exactly. If they're... If they're afraid of your question, then they have no right to have any authority in your life. Then they're hiding something. Exactly. Exactly. This is sickening. I hope this guy. It'd be fun. Is he being tried in New York? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It'd be fun um, uh, if you did some research and we could maybe do another podcast as a trial unfolds. Yeah, I would love that. I will do more research. I just. This really hits close to home because obviously this is we experience similar things, but not not the sort of victimization no. that these women are experiencing. Nothing close to this. Although there's other but other we experienced and suffered severe attempted brainwashing for mm-hmm, sure, for sure. And I was definitely, um, I mean, I was told after having my first baby. Um, I like I said before that I was no longer useful other than in the form of a procreator and a Sunday school teacher and my first baby triggered severe postpartum depression which you know and to the point where I if it wasn't for this is why I I believe in a higher power if it wasn't for the grace of God I would be dead I know um, because I was highly, highly depressed and volatile, and um, something kept me from taking my life. But after right. I became pregnant with our second child, my husband, who never really bought into the brainwashing, but he he has a deep faith. He has a deep faith, but um, he was he was always kind of a rebel and rubbing oh. people the wrong way. After I became pregnant with our second child, he begged me to get help said I don't want to see you go through what you went through and so I started taking antidepressants knowing that this particular organization and many conservative Christian organizations look down on people who Mm -hmm. take any sort of antidepressant any sort of medication for psychological issues right because they think it can be solved spiritually right and many conservative Christian and other like Bible type based religions even look down on any sort of um like antibiotics or like right um true you know going to the doctor for a sinus infection or something it's like looked down upon so i was terrified i bet but i took this because i knew it's either me or right um this like i was either gonna crack and break and take my own life and maybe or, take my kids with me right. or this antidepressant. And deal with the scorn from your church. Right. So I took it and I let one person know. Someone in leadership you think you could trust. Uh-huh. Somebody I did trust. Another woman, right? Another woman. And she told me, you're just using this as a crutch to deal with sin that you're not willing to deal with. <laughs> right. And I was like. What? Someone who'd never had kids, by the no. way. And I was looking around my life like, what's sin? 
I take care of kids. I go to church. I teach Sunday school. I, you know, I love my husband. I was just like, what sin am I not dealing with? Yeah. And she just said, you're just hiding a sin that you're not willing to deal with, and you're using this as a crutch. And that's when I was like, hey, this is not okay, because I'm pretty sure that Jesus would rather have me alive than drive my car off a cliff with my son in the backseat. Right, exactly. And that's when I was like, started to disassociate myself from that. Thank God. Thank God, yeah. But that's the sort of like... And I know the same person told another person um, who confided in her about an issue in their marriage. And she said, well, I hear from God for you. Sounds familiar. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't do it on your own. Yep. Your gut is wrong. I hear from God for you, and God says you need to do it my way. Yeah, I'm your spiritual head. So to our listeners, if we have any. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We might have a few. If anyone is asking you to pay, definitely pay for not education, right? Not talking about education, legitimate education or a legitimate like weekend retreat of like, you're an accountant, the 10 best ways to get ahead in 401. I don't care. Yeah. No, we're talking self-help or it's not like a self-help retreat where you pay and you go and you stay in a spa and you have therapy lessons, and, and they relax. give you massages, and then you do some yoga, and then they send you on your way. That's and you're different. able to sleep nine you're, to ten you're hours You're paying a day. for a legitimate service. Yes. And legitimate a right. room and board and activities. Right. We are talking people who are asking you to pay money for only something they can provide. Which is non-certified and non-proven. Only something <laughs> they can. You can't get this from anybody else. Right. And you can't question their authority no, or no, their no. theology. And they're the only ones with answers. Because right. that's the difference. So a medical spa will be like, well, sure, we're in Arizona. If you don't feel like you're going to Arizona, there's lots in Oregon or yeah. whatever. Right. Yeah. If you have to pay them for their one special service that nobody else in the universe can provide because they're the only ones with the answers, yep. that's a red flag. Or if they're pressuring you or making you feel bad about yourself or something that they're just not bringing you up they're not adding to your life they're sucking it out of you or making you feel guilty for things you should not feel guilty about yeah if anyone's making you feel guilty that is not a healthy relationship yeah and we're not talking your kids (laughs) we're not talking to you the ted bundys of the world yes we're talking to normal people who are being made to feel guilty for Liking to sleep in on the weekends and not go to the gym at 5 a.m. on a Saturday. Yeah, I know. Take it from two people who have been through it. Don't, yeah. don't, don't do it. Everybody's different and everyone should provide room for everyone else to have their individuality. Not everything has to be the same. Mm-hmm. We're all different people. We're all, there's not one of us are alike, and that's okay. That's, Life is not black and white. Like right. there's a, a lot of gray areas. A lot of fifty lot. shades of gray. There is, and the older <laughs> I get, the more I see. Yeah how gray life can be sometimes and life is gray for you one week and black and white the next and then gray the next week yeah. like is yeah this is a very story is very upsetting and i am going to do some more research 
And sorry, I, it wasn't about the purple bill. <laughs> no, it's okay because I feel like this happens. Like this is a huge case, and it's in the national and international news. Thanks to that one girl, right? Brave. Thank you, Sarah Ed- Edmondson. Edmondson. Yep. Um, I wonder if she would come talk to us. I have so many questions for her. That would be amazing. But the thing is, is this happens all the time. Lisa and I are proof of this. Yeah. This happens, and at a smaller level, but it's still just as damaging to people that's right it took me probably about four to five years to even get get rid of the guilt of leaving that church uh-huh. yep a church that did nothing but bring me down and tell me i was a piece of shit because i was i had a vagina you were a sinner and you deserve hell right right sound familiar unless i do it their way right so, but so this type of stuff happens all the time in smaller ways, in big ways, yeah, in small individual relationships, yeah, and in big giant organizations like this. So, yeah, yeah, it could be a boyfriend or a girlfriend that's treating you like this, mm-hmm. it may not be an organization, no. Um, so with that, we're gonna sign off with our tagline, which is very very fitting fitting stay hydrated stay informed but don't drink the kool-aid please